I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing Echoes. Remember the big chant craze in the 1990s with Benedictine monks and everyone adapting the music of the 13th century abbess Hildegard von Bingen? Well, I've got a group that's bringing that approach back, taking medieval chants and sending them into the 21st century. They're called Voxfire, and their music is really beautiful. I've got their story ahead. You know, there aren't a lot of people out there covering music like this. NPR picks off the popular cream, but artists who are outside the mainstream get little play or attention. But they do on Echoes and in the Echoes podcast. It costs just as much money for us to do it as NPR, but we're not getting millions of dollars in station fees and corporate underwriting. That's why we need people like you to dig deep. If you care about this music, if you care about the artists we feature, then perhaps you might make a donation now so we can continue doing that. Just go to echoes.org and hit the donate tab. Okay, now let me take you back to the Middle Ages with a Voxfire. I remember becoming enraptured with Gothic Chant back in 1985 when a group called Gothic Voices released the album A Feather on the Breath of God. With sopranos Emma Kirby and Emily Van Evera singing most of the leads, they brought the chants of the 13th century abbess Hildegard von Bingen to transcendent life. That album influenced a lot of musicians in the 90s to the point that, 20 years ago, we called Chant Fusion one of 10 trends for the first 10 years of Echoes. Ensembles like Sequentia and Anonymous 4 took a more traditional approach. The Hilliard Ensemble teamed up with jazz saxophonist Jan Gabarek and the European groups of Vox and Enigma, and especially Richard Souther's album Vision, set medieval hymns in a modern electronic context. Now a band called Voxfire is taking their own approach to bringing medieval chant into the 21st century. Voxfire started out as three women singing early music in Los Angeles. Samella aired Beesom, Kristen Herman, and Susan Judy. The original conception was to do this, this very early music of the, of the medieval and renaissance, mostly unaccompanied, actually. Most of our early concerts were unaccompanied. And uh, we found the three of us, we found each other um, singing some other concerts in our area and realized how much fun it was to sing together, the three of us, and we thought we'd start something on our own. 
They released a beautiful album in that format in 2001 called Songs to the Virgin, where they perform works by Hildegard von Bingen. Susan Judy says Hildegard's spirit suffuses the band. Hildegard was really one of the main impetuses of us getting together. We did, with the same group, E. Cantori, we did her Ordo Virtutum, which was a, her, it was like the first opera <laughs> in the early 13th century. And, you know, she's like the first, you know, big female composer that we know about. Hildegard. They could have gone on this way, but something happened on their walks through the medieval monastery, especially since they are also performing contemporary works by Steve Reich and others. Samala aired Besom. The story behind why we went this direction was we were having a great time doing our early music, but towards the later years we thought we really didn't want to just pigeonhole ourselves into the early music only or doing the very contemporary music, which was also composed for us. We wanted to do a mixture, and so we were inspired by, actually a little bit, by the Hilliard Ensemble's album with Jan Gabarik. Officium on UCM. Officium, yes. And so we thought we'd like to do something like that. They sought out some instrumentalists and wound up with keyboardist Ross Garens and trombonist Nick DePina. It's DePina's studio where I'm talking to Beesom and Judy on Skype. He was also a fan of Officium. It started just exactly like that where we, that was a really huge and important album to me, that Officium on ECM. And so our first attempts at this were to have these pieces of early vocal music uh, augmented with a single or two acoustic instruments in a somewhat ambient fashion, and it just kept growing and growing uh, until it started incorporating a lot of live electronics. Essentially, every instrument that we had in our home studios, Ross and I. So you can hear that there are some tracks where it's really just trombone and saxophone and the vocals, and then there's tracks where, oh my gosh. There's instruments I didn't know existed that are on this. One instrument you usually don't hear in this context is the harmonica, which they use to lead off the track, Senkalar. The harmonica is pretty obvious here, but it's actually on other tracks as well, but is so heavily processed you don't recognize it. That's your approach to a lot of the instrumentation. It's not just synthesizers, but acoustic sounds processed, slowed down, and otherwise altered from an ethereal effect that matches the vocals on pieces like Rosa Tus Rosas. Rosa, 
there's the vocals, which we recorded first, and then there is this very, very dark drone that Ross and I created out of the ladies' voices, that, and then pitch shifted it down and put tons of effects on it. So that drone you're hearing is them singing, it's just unrecognizable. And then uh, we added the drummer on top of that, playing electronic percussion. And then Ross played his harmonica through about 10 different effects pedals. And then I played my trombone through about four different effects pedals, which you can't really tell it's trombone. It just sounds like weird noise. And that's where we arrived at this very, very strange and very dark (laughs) song about flowers. Voxfire singers weren't recorded in cathedrals or abbeys, but their voices are sent into different reverbs, creating virtual and sometimes fantastical medieval spaces. It's hard to do these pieces of music without putting them in a large space because that's. It seems to me that that's the way they were originally intended. They were supposed to supposed to be in large chambers, sung to many people. Hopefully, I wanted to hear it with many, many voices. Um, just reverberating through a huge chamber. I mean, that's how it would have sounded if we were in a huge chamber, and they made it happen with just our three voices, and that's what was so exciting about it. And producer Peter Rutenberg decided that each song needed its own individual treatment, and I don't think he reused a single reverb. Every song has a unique and pretty spacious sound to it. Some of the arrangements on Fontis are very ambient, a few are raucous, and others like Lademus sound like the most intuitive ECM jazz improvisation taking place in Brian Eno's studio. The concept was they were going to perform this very old and very simple song, and Ross on piano and Jens Kuras on drums were going to accompany in a completely free fashion, like free jazz. I mean, it ended up being tonal, but... It was inspired from free jazz, no doubt. And as that's happening, I was recording the vocals live and manipulating them and panning them to opposite sides and doing crazy things, uh, transposing them and playing them back twice and half as fast and filtering it live. So when we perform that live, there is this electronic element on top of the basic reverb that's on their voices we were taking these found objects and then creating something very rooted in that music but completely otherworldly.
There are no records or tapes from the Middle Ages. No one knows exactly how this music was sung or arranged, and Voxfire is fine with that. The wonderful thing about that music, the chants, is you can take it and you can interpret it the way you want to, because who knows exactly how it was done. Boxfire's new album is called Fontis on Orenda Records. It's the first new take on chant in the 21st century. You can get a hold of Voxfire's Fontis by going to our website at echoes.org. I'll have a link there in the posting for this podcast. That's at echoes.org. I'm John DiLiberto. Thanks for dialing up the Echoes podcast. Don't forget, you can donate right now at echoes.org. That's E-C-H-O-E-S dot org. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or online right now on Echoes.